Welcome to I'm Game with Fred Croner. Today I'm joined by Mike Tromey, who has uh, been just all sorts of things around the area. He's been a teacher, he's been a coach. Uh, he's worked at the University of Illinois, works at Parkland College. Uh, currently the Vice President of Student Services at Parkland. Do I have that title right, Mike? Yeah, yes, sir. All right, well, we'll get into that part. Um, kind of maybe start a little bit chronologically here. As you were getting out of high school back in, in Lebanon, Illinois, what did you see for your future at that time? Yeah, I had one thing on my mind and one only. I was going to be a lawyer in New York City, and, and that was where I was headed. We see how far I missed the mark on that one. So <laughs> I um, I left uh, high school. I went to the University of Illinois and, and uh, had a, a great education there. Went to law school for a little while after my undergrad, and I got bit by the coaching bug in my first year of law school. I I uh, loved the study of the law, but I wasn't feeling the practice of law as the same passion that that uh, I ended up wanting to coach with. And so I took a leap of faith and, and left law school and struck out to get my teaching credentials so that I could uh, both teach and coach. Well, and then you have taught and coached several places. I know you were at, at Armstrong High School for a while, yeah. uh, Gibson City, Melvin Sibley, and then of course uh, the volleyball coach at both St. Joe and, and Parkland College. So talk, talk a little bit about some of those stops and just kind of moving on and, and moving up from each of those. Yeah, I, I had a I had a, a wonderful journey there that I think set off a lot of future both coaching and non-coaching successes. I actually started in the Iroquois West School District. It was my first foray. Um, I got uh, I got the opportunity to do some of that um, teaching credential work at Olivet Nazarene uh, University and and um, was in the Gilman area at the time and I had the fortune of getting hooked up with a great coach from the area named Harry Kunch at the time and uh, Harry was a longtime basketball coach up in that area and um, taught me taught me a lot about coaching and ingenuity. Harry had some, he played some freak defenses at the high school basketball level and I was coaching with him on his staff. And while I was also doing some um, JV and freshman volleyball work at the time and, um, and, and Harry, Harry was a great inspiration to me there and taught me, taught me to think outside the box as a coach and as a professional and, and not get stuck in in the routine and, and I owe Harry a lot. He really, he really gave my career a jump start, and he saw something in me and, and uh, put me on his staff and we had a great couple years there. He had some, some phenomenal teams with a set of boys through that with uh, Graham Schmidt and Josh Schinke and, and those boys at the time. And it was an awful lot of fun to be part of that group with Harry and, and Kurt Bell and, and, and that staff. So, so I got my start at Iroquois West and then um, I got my first full teaching job after I got my credential uh, at Gibson City, and that was really a, um, a, a turning point in my career, get hooked up with Jack Coble and the legend that he was, and, and um, I think being, being around him and the excellence that he brought out in people and that he stood for, um, I couldn't have asked for more as a as a young coach to be tutored tutored by somebody like like uh, Jack and um, God rest his soul that guy is is uh, will forever I will be indebted to so. So how did you kind of gravitate then into into volleyball? I think probably most people would, would know and remember you as a volleyball coach uh, because yeah. of the other sports. So Jack Jack was wise and some and Harry was wise. He said, Mike, in this day and age in in coaching. Um, in getting into high school, um, there's a lot more jobs 
in um, in some sports than there are in others. And and I had gotten um, into volleyball at the university when I was an undergrad, and and um, and then shortly thereafter with um, Mike Ebert um, doing summer camps and things and working for them. One of uh, a couple of my roommates uh, early on in college were big volleyball enthusiasts and nuts and were were associated with that program as practice players. And so I started picking it up and, and I was a basketball player by trade in high school. Um, we didn't have football at Lebanon, so I didn't get the, the opportunity to learn football, but um, but I did know basketball pretty well. And, and I, I knew I wanted to do that. That's where I thought my coaching would lie. And But uh, when I got uh, started looking for jobs, there weren't a lot of coaching jobs in boys basketball at that time, but there were a ton of girls volleyball jobs. And so I took that first coaching job at Gibson as the assistant coach for one year um, and then transitioned into the head coaching um, gig when Brandy Stein left and and um, Jack had faith in me. He's like, Mike, you're a good coach. You'll figure the volleyball side out. And he set me off on a path and I kept I worked. I would spend all summer long bouncing from volleyball uh, camp to volleyball camp, college volleyball camp. I worked ISU and Illinois four camps and Cal in California and Iowa and I just was trying to soak up the game the best I could around my basketball coaching responsibilities with Jack. And um, that really kind of set off my volleyball career. I was fortunate enough to have some success early at Gibson with, with Tiffany Siebert and Heidi Reiners, that very talented team that we ran into the sectionals for the first time in Gibson history. And that kind of was the jump start to my volleyball career. And I fell in love with it. And volleyball is very much like basketball in a lot of ways. Um, uh, in terms of coaching and a lot of things were similar. And so I was able to transfer skill and, and uh, I fell in love with volleyball. And so I just kept adding it and adding it and my basketball days shrunk and my volleyball days grew. And so, it, but it's like most of us back then, we were all coaching three, four sports. I coached a lot of high school softball um, over the days and I was not a softball aficionado, but they needed coaches. I helped on track for a little while one year. I did some girls basketball prairie state coaching uh, we all were coaching a lot of things because there was a big coaching need back then and you, you got to saint joe and it seemed like from the time you got there up till, till now uh, that volleyball program has, has just really skyrocketed hasn't it? yeah I, I was very fortunate I, again opportune timing i took the job at saint joe um as an addition to teaching at armstrong at the time um, but saint joe had just come off of a regional championship the year before but they had a whole lot of talent coming back, but a coaching situation that was open. And so I, um, I was fortunate enough in that first class and I'll be ever indebted to that bunch, but that was the Tracy Holes, the, the Kristen Rademakers and Sarah Schmids and, and Megan Blairs of the world. And we put, took that team all the way to the Elite Eight back when it was just two classes. And that team had so much talent. We probably go deeper into that tournament if Megan wouldn't have broken that ankle in the super sectional game. And, and we were, were shorthanded for that, that Elite Eight match, so. So how did you kind of then move from, from the high school coaching into the into the college coaching? And I know you won almost 150 games uh, while you were at, at Parkland. And, and of course, yeah. kind of set the tone. I mean, what, what Cliff and, and Ron have done then in, in the years that have followed has just been phenomenal. Yeah, um, volleyball had had a, had, had a brief spark of a start um, at Parkland before I got there with Brenda Winkler. She won that national title in 99, but then quickly got the Eastern job. So while it was a very bright time at Parkland, it was a very short um, duration in that period. She had been there a decent period of time, but back then the NJCA was one, one division. 
And um, there were just much bigger schools than Parkland to, for, to compete against. And, um, but then they split to two divisions in 1999 and Brenda won that first um, NJCA division two vol uh, volleyball title. And, and so she got Parkland on the map. It kind of took a nosedive a little bit after she was there. So after I had had the success at, at St. Joe um, in 2004, uh, Rod um, had been looking for a coach, the longtime athletic director at Parkland, and and he had not been successful in finding what he wanted. And we ran into each other, and in, in, in uh, I can't even remember where and how anymore. But but um, he had the conversation. He said, "Would you ever think about leaving the high school ranks and and trying college?" And I thought about it a little while, and a few days later, put my app in, and he called, and we did an interview, and it wasn't long after that that. Um, that uh, I was fortunate enough to, to get the offer from Parkland. And that was, that was the crux moment that changed my life forever. I, I, I will always be indebted and to the high school coaches and, and people I was around. I loved the teaching aspect of, um, of the high school game and, and shaping the lives of those young, young individuals. But um, the, the Parkland landscape and, and what that institution stands for, I got bitten by that bug early on in my career. And I've, uh, I've felt it was home ever since, to be honest. I know I forayed away from it a little while, and I'm sure I'll explain that later. But, but um, Parkland had reached out to me and offered something that really fit what I was looking for and that the type of place, and I am forever indebted to it, and I will hopefully be here for the rest of my career. So, so of course, you know, volleyball, there's obviously a lot of similarities between high school and, and college, but the big difference uh, college, uh, you don't necessarily take who walks into the into the doors. You have to go out and recruit. So talk talk about that aspect. Was that was that tough for you, or was that enjoyable? It, it was. Um, it wasn't tough. Uh, it, it didn't end up being tough. I had a lot to learn about it early. Um, my first my first year, I walked in the door in um, late spring. So it was April when I got offered the coaching position, um, and so there were three girls on the roster, and so in four months. I had to put together a team. And so that made it incredibly difficult. And um, I had a lot to learn in a short period of time and not much, uh, not much to do it with. And some girls took some chances on me that first year and, and we built a team and took that team all the way to the regional championship um, four months later. And so, but, but it was an eye opener. It was an eye opener in what I needed to be successful at that level. I was, I was used to coaching very good high school players but I needed very good college players. And so I had to reset what I needed to look for. I, I hadn't had a very good understanding of um, the, the, the level of athlete and skill that I needed. So I had to get that reset in my head. I also had to figure out the recruiting game and how to be able to, to sell not only the, the athletes, but their parents, that Parkland was a great institution um, first and foremost. And then Secondly, that, that Parkland would take care of their child. And third, that volleyball was the right fit because it really came down, comes down to that order of what girls are looking for in that respect. So you, you had a good run at, at Parkland coaching the Cobra yeah. team. And then at, at some point, though, you kind of decided to, to gravitate away from the, the coaching into other areas. Talk about kind of what led you away from the coaching Segment. Yeah, that's a simple, simple uh, answer to that question. Not a simple process to get there, but a simple answer. So um, you talked about the recruiting aspect. Um, the recruiting aspect at the junior college level, um, community college level is never ending. So 
Um, you think about your cycling player every, players every two years. You have um, a very unique niche in the college volleyball landscape with which to recruit from. You've got to build relationships and that's constantly evolving among club directors and those kinds of things. And so um, to do it right and to have success, the success we had at Parkland took an incredible amount of work. Um, I was on the road, uh, my wife will remind me at one point, she counted 42 of the 52 weekends a year between my wow. team playing and recruiting events. And wow. so there's only about 10 weeks that, that I was home um, and doing things around. And we had had, um, we had Stephanie um, right when uh, I transitioned to Parkland. She was about four months old when we transitioned um, my career over to Parkland, uh, maybe five, I guess, at that point in time. And then um, in three short years later, we had Mackenzie or two and a half short years later, we had Mackenzie. So my wife, Michelle, was home with two young children um, and, and no dad at home very often on the weekends uh, to help her out. So we had had some offers to move um, to the Division I coaching level and, and Brenda had offered a couple of times and some other coaches to bring me on as an assistant coach, given the success that that I was fortunate enough to have through the, the great athletes at Parkland. And I didn't want to put my kids on that nomadic journey. Um, you know, the assistant coach game at the division one can be a really hop from step to step and stop to stop. And now that we had had kids in the mix, it just didn't fit kind of what Michelle and I wanted for our family. And so we made the choice at that point to say, you know, I'm not sure how long our family wants to sustain me being gone 42 weekends a year to do it right. And that's the only way I knew how to coach and recruit. So I couldn't, I couldn't just scale that back. That wasn't going to work. It was either give it my all or, or not do it. And so we had the family conversation that I was going to transition and look for more of an administrative position. And uh, so, so that's when I decided in, in 2009 to, to hang up the Parkland whistle. And you kind of uh, almost immediately got into uh, involvement as an academic advisor, I think first at the U of I and, and then switched yeah. in, at Parkland in the same position. Talk, talk a little bit about, the, about the, that role. Yeah, so I, um, I was very fortunate. I had a fantastic mentor here at Parkland in the Vice President for Student Services at the time, Dr. Linda Moore. And um, she, for whatever reason, um, recognized the, some ability to transfer coaching skills and things that I had, had shown into um, college administrative skills. And so she encouraged me to apply for a couple of um, administrative positions at Parkland. Unfortunately, at the time, in the things that I was qualified to do, which is mainly in the student services realm um, at Parkland, she had a very... Um, long-serving group of directors, um, that middle management level above me, and I really had no room to move. And so after not getting a couple of positions, she sat me down and had a heart to heart and said, Mike, you've got a bright future if you want to go in that route, but you have no management experience. So you keep failing these interviews because you've got to get management experience. She says, you know how to motivate people and coach people, but on paper at this level, I've got to have some experience to be able to hire that. And, and I don't know that I can get you that here anytime soon. So if you're looking for that path in the near future, you may have to leave. And I hate to say that to you is, is how she phrased it to me, but, but we might have to, to, to get you out and on 
if you're ever going to have a hope of rising to that level, whether it be at Parkland or somewhere else. And I made her a promise when she had the faith to tell me something like that as a, as a mentor that, that I would be back someday. And four short years later, here I am back. So, so kept our promises. Uh, well, as an academic advisor, talk, talk a little bit about some of your duties and, and some of the things that were involved. Yeah. In yeah, university. So I went across town to university and, and had the um, fortune as an undergrad, I was a political science major and, and um, the political science department was looking for an advisor at the time I had done academic advising as part of my role at Parkland in addition to volleyball coach and so I had some experience with it and so the political science department brought me on and so I spent a, a wonderful year back in my home department and worked with some great folks where I honed my academic advising abilities at the university level because it's drastically different from the community college level in some ways. And so I got a chance to do that. And then again, I get the itch every once in a while that the athletic bug draws me back in. And so all of a sudden, Tommy Michael, who was the director of academic services for the University of Illinois Athletic Department at the time, um, had an opening in an academic advisor for athletics. And so knowing Tommy from back home, I played basketball against Tommy in high school. And let's just say he, um, won that matchup uh, significantly in, in almost all ways. So, uh, so I can't, I don't want to dwell on that too much, but, but we thought a lot of each other professionally. I'd known him through, through some, some uh, things since, and, and he offered me a position at the U of I at, uh, in the Irwin Academic Center to do advising for the athletes at U of I. So I spent three and a half really great years um, working with, with everything from Olympians to NCAA champions to um, to people that were going to do great things in research and, and stuff uh, in their careers. And so I, I'm very fortunate for, to have had Tommy for a mentor and then, um, and then to have that University of Illinois Athletic Department to hone some, some managerial skills in. So, so now back, back at Parkman as the Vice President for Student Services, what, what all does that role entail? What, uh, what are yeah, so my kids got me a sign for my desk this Christmas. It said Vice President of Miscellaneous Stuff. And that probably is the most applicable sign I think uh, they could have gotten. So the student services umbrella at Parkland is really wide. Um, I have the normal student services functions or what some people would think of um, in terms of the onboarding of students to the institution. So I have things like admissions, financial aid, placement testing, um, enrollment services those kinds of things. Um, and then I have the counseling services department, which is academic advising and personal counseling and accessibility services. So those kinds of things all associated with getting students in and, and signed up for classes and registered. Um, I also have the Dean of Students office. So our Dean of Students and, and, the, um, and her shop that reports to her, which is student life and all things student engagement, activities, clubs and organizations but it also has the athletic department in her umbrella. So I'm back with, with having to, to work with the, the Parkland athletic department. And then I also have the um, chief, the police department under my umbrella. So like I said, a little bit of everything from police to athletics, to admissions, to advising, to you name it. So I don't do the academic shop. That's a different vice president, but I have a lot of those support services that help feed that academic endeavor. So even after you got out of coaching volleyball, though, you're still able to, to watch the game for a while. <laughs> daughters that played. So talk, talk exactly. about being a fan in the stands. What was that like? Um, I, I'm, I'm not as good at it as I was coaching. Let's just say that. <laughs> so it's hard to turn off. Um, 
but uh, I, I was very fortunate, yeah, to um, have gotten connected with Cliff Hastings and, and the fantastic organization that is Primetime Volleyball. And so I've been doing that for about 20 years. And, um, and uh, through that, then as my daughters got older, we were able to transition them into the game. So I started with Stephanie at age eight in, in prime time and Mackenzie at age seven in prime time and got to, got to be with them as they grew up in the game and, and um, coached teams of their friends and brought so many new um, Parkland folks into the, or I'm sorry, St. Joe folks into the, the volleyball world and, and able to, to work those connections. And I, I wouldn't trade my ability to, to coach those girls for, for anything. And I think that has created some long lasting special memories that, that they and I will never forget. So I want to ask you too, um, as, as you, as you look back and, and reflect on things, what, what do you feel like the direction of, of junior college is going in, in terms of uh, the, the student enrollment? Do you see it as something that's going to continue to increase or is it going to plateau? And then what kind of effect has, has COVID had? Yeah, so it, community colleges in general right now are going through a period of atrophy um, where we've lost enrollment now for about um, 10 straight years nationally. Um, Parkland and Illinois, the community colleges are no different. And so we've seen this decline in community college enrollments. You had a small spike in there around the, the Great Recession of 2008 through 2010. But since then, it's been pretty lean. Part of that comes, especially in the US with a, a demographic cliff that's happening right now. You have um, this period of fewer high school seniors graduating than ever before um, in the last 25 years. And so when the total pot of students for all of higher education to divvy up shrinks, the community college tend to shrink the fastest because it tends to be thought of as, as, um, as some of the, the, the students get pulled to the four-year levels by a lot of, a lot of things. Um, I do think there's some opportunities for community colleges to make their mark and reverse that, um, especially as it pertains to short-term trainings and certifications that, that today's students are now looking for. And I think community colleges are doing what they do best right now, which is pivoting educationally into some of those things. And so I think we're gonna come out of this better and better, um, especially as we have a president and a first lady who have really put an emphasis on community colleges being a, uh, a key part of higher ed strategy in the US um, as no president in the last 25 years has. And so I really think we're, we're buoyed to come out of this well. It has just been a rough patch to get here, I think. Well, and as if you haven't been busy enough these past few years, you, you took on the, the role of being a student and understand you're now Dr. Trami. Yeah, thank you. I, I was fortunate enough um, when Dr. Ramage, the, the president of Parkland came um, after my mentor, Dr. Moore retired, um, or was thinking about retiring to say, Mike, I think we'd like you to be our new vice president for student services when Dr. Moore um, retires. It came with the understanding that, that I would work on that PH, that uh, doctorate and get that done. And so I did, I found an EDD program in Ferris State University out of Grand Rapids and Big Rapids, Michigan. That um, is a fantastic program. And it took me a little longer than I wanted it to with COVID and some other things getting in the way. Uh, um, but, um, but I did finish and defended my dissertation on August 27th. And so I'm just tidying up a few odds and ends, but for all intents and purposes, yes, now Dr. Training. so. Well, congratulations there. And what, yeah. what 
Like be, being back in the classroom, not as a, as a teacher, but as a student. It was, um, it was challenging. I, I, the the uh, teaching game has changed and the student game has changed a whole lot since I was last in it. And so, I mean, everything is virtual now and, and synchronous class sessions. And, um, but I did do my dissertation on community college athletics, so I didn't stray too far from my roots in that piece. So. <laughs> well, before I let you go, I want to I flip back to, to your childhood. And yeah. longtime sports fans are going to recognize the, the name of Craig Virgin. And uh, you knew Craig Virgin well. I guess you, you guys were practically neighbors growing up. Is that right? Yeah, as, as much as neighbors can be down in a southern Illinois farm town. So uh, our parents, my dad and his dad, owned farms right across the country road from one another. And so um, I got to see Craig and his brother Brent grow up. They were a little older than I was, but um, um, we were the, rode the, the same uh, country school bus together every day to school. And uh, and uh, I got to watch the greatness that that Craig exuded. Um, uh, he he was a training machine like no other. That guy would would follow tractors up and down the field, pulling plows in in the ground to strengthen his ankles and his endurance running in that kind of uneven uh, surface and and um, he he was great because he trained to be great and he he taught me early on that if you want something it takes a whole lot of work to get there and there was nobody who wanted it more than Craig did so he uh, I, I think our entire town was crushed when the U.S. decided to boycott those 80 Olympics because he had had what the five best times in the world that year and so he was an odds-on favorite to win a gold medal and that would have been something special for our small little school in our small town, but, but it was not meant to be for Craig. So he tried in 84, but, but he had gotten a little past probably prime, prime age at that point. So. He still had a, just a fantastic career, both as a high school collegiate and, and, and thereafter. So just uh, yeah. standing runner. Yep. So I was, I was very fortunate enough to watch excellent, like excellence like that early in my career, early in my childhood. I mean, and, and so it, it definitely shaped my career to know what guys like that did to be good. So. All right. Well, Mike, I enjoyed talking to you today. Before I let you go, anything else you would like to add? No, thanks, Fred, for all you've done over the years. And, and a lot of my coaching career was spent talking to you after after matches and games. And I can't thank you enough for, for what you've done for, for athletics in the central Illinois area. So thank you, sir. Well, I'll tell you what, it, it has been fun and still is. So that's kind of uh, why I'm still involved and, and still doing it. So I appreciate those words. All right. We've been talking today to Mike Tromey, a former area uh, volleyball coach at the high school and Parkland level and currently the vice Pre president for student services at Parkland College. Thank you very much, Mike. Yep. Thank you, sir.